children. And we're in a series called Jingle All the Way. And, and part of the series is to remind us that there are things that we say in our minds all the time, even when we're children. As we grow up, we continuously say certain things in our minds. Some things are negative, maybe some hurts, maybe some past uh, painful moments. And we say this throughout our lives and we continuously say this so we start living out those jingles. And what God wants us to do is replace that, that negative, that the, the negative thoughts that we may have and replace it with the good thoughts that he has for us. And so that's why we're calling it jingle all the way. A jingle really is a, a short phrase or a catchphrase put together with music and it helps us to remember what it is. For instance, we were uh, in the past couple of weeks, we were doing a couple jingles and today I want to give you one and I want you to finish it off, okay? So here it is. Let me get my voice because uh, sec- uh, first service was kind of raw. So let me try and... Uh, <clears throat> the best part of waking up. My ka'i. Well done. See, I have to start off low. First service, I started off high and it was like, the best part of waking up. So, so the best part of waking up is... Folgers in your cup. Most of us know that jingle. How many of you actually drink Folgers? Raise your hand. You actually drink Folgers. Only like 3% of us, however, but mostly all of us know that jingle, even though we don't drink Folgers coffee. And the reason why we remember it is because they played it over and over, commercial after commercial, and we just hear it over and over. And so it sticks with us even decades later. And the reason why they play it in a jingle is because we remember it so much more. And if we have it in our hearts and our minds, when we go to the store, we're like robots. What am I going to buy? I'm going to buy the best part of waking up. I'm going to buy Folgers. So that's, the, that's what they're trying to do to get into our hearts and our minds so that we buy their product. Some of you, when I said the best part of waking up, you're thinking, uh, the best part of waking up, breakfast. It's the best part of waking up, eating. It's the best part of waking up. The jingles that we play in our minds, sometimes nobody else knows. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's why we're calling it jingle all the way. We want to play what Jesus wants us to play, the, 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 the potential that he sees in our lives, the, even the hurts that we may have had that he wants to heal he wants us to say those things over and over, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that Jesus is the healer. And as we continuously say these things over and over, we begin to live the life that he sees for us that is the best life possible. Today, we're looking at a, 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 a word. Uh, if you look at your bulletins, it's, it's the word scale. Now, in this season, Christmas season, the scale is our enemy. In this season, we don't want to step on the scale. We, we say this too when we, when we gather together with a, a, a feast of, of food and desserts. We say, tonight, no more calories. No more calories tonight. Someone would say, oh, what kind, oh, is this cake? Is it fattening? Is it? No, no more calories. Calorie free, this one. Some people actually believe that. They're like, what? No more calories? Yeah, no more. And they eat. But that, it's just the season we're in. We're, tr- we're trying we're trying to watch our health and our weight in this season, and it's very difficult, especially here in Hawaii, because we always eat. We, we eat before we eat. We have poo-poos. We go to the refrigerator for no reason. It's just my, it's just my routine. We open the refrigerator, we look at it, and close it, open the freezer, close it, 
go to the cupboard, the pantry, open it up, close it, go back to the refrigerator, and then we look long time. It's like first time never works, second time, and let's see what it, there is. And it's because we're, we're just in that phase right now. But there's another scale that God wants us to see. And just like a, a scale that determines our weight and gives us an accurate count or an accurate weight of where we are, God wants to bring a different kind of scale to give us an accurate picture of where we are spiritually. And he wants to balance out our life in such a way that we have an accurate picture of who we are in him, not necessarily where we've come from, but where we're heading. And so there's a, there's a story in the Bible in Luke chapter 2 that we're going to look at that will help us to understand the Christmas scale. The reason why we're calling it the Christmas scale is because Jesus is the best balance for our life. He's the best person to let us know how well we're doing in life. Because he's truthful, yet he's gracious. And he will always give us what's best for us. And we're going to find that out in this story. You can open your Bibles or uh, if you can write this down and check it out later if you don't have your Bibles with you. Luke chapter 2. And I'll read from verses 1 through 21. And this, this scripture, this, uh, this passage is going to help us to see not just the birth of Jesus Christ, but how did Mary and Joseph balance out their life? Because the moment they received this assignment from the Lord was the moment their entire life changed. And it was forever. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, it says this, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Well, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Well, suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Well, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, 
he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Now, for Mary and Joseph, imagine they, they were living out their lives as best as they could, and then all of a sudden, here comes an angel, speaks to them, and says, you're going to have a child. Well, everything changes for Mary and Joseph because they weren't planning on having a child that soon. And so they had to quickly shift their lives in such a way that caused them to draw not just closer to God, but really pay attention to the things of God because of this one event that would take place in their lives. And it changed them forever. Their life, their everyday life, could no longer be the same. So why is it important for us to know that God is doing something in our lives? And why is it important to balance out our life? Why is it important for us to understand that God has a, a clear picture of who he wants us to be? Why is that so important? And how do we even live a balanced life? We're going to look at three key areas that will help us to understand balancing out this life that God has given to us, as well as understanding why it's so incredibly important. And although there may be more, these are three that we can learn from this story. And the first one that we want to understand, if you want to write the first point in, it's this word, communicate. Really? Communicate? Is that, how does that help me balance out my life? Did you know that between husbands and wives, one of the major components that either will make us succeed in marriage or destroy a marriage is communication. It's actually communicating what is happening, what's going on. And, and as time goes on, if we're not communicating with each other, then things begin to fall apart. We expect things from each other. And in the busyness of this season, if we're not communicating, we're going to forget about this party, picking up this child, dropping off this child, going to this house, cooking this dinner, cleaning up this time, folding the clothes, putting away the clothes, cleaning clothes, washing clothes, washing the dishes, washing the dog. If you have a dog, you all have these things attached to your schedule and your day. And if we don't communicate, then we start falling into arguments that begin blaming each other. Well, you didn't tell me this. No, I did tell you that. No, you didn't say this. No. Well, how much money did you spend? Oh, I spent this much. Why did you say? I told you we were buying this. No, you didn't say that. It's like a back and forth thing. And, and if we're not communicating, that'll be every day. And if it's every day, it's almost like a, a chisel that goes to a brick or an ice block that as we're constantly, every day, something not communicated, after a while, the marriage just cracks. The family falls apart. The relationships between father, son, mother, daughter, and our entire family begins to fall apart. Friendships fall apart. Why? Because of communication. See, God was crystal clear when he spoke to Mary and Joseph. He knew exactly what he was doing. And the angel communicated so clearly that they would understand what was happening, that the child was to be born and where to find the child. In fact, Luke 2, verses 11 and 12 says, Today... Very crystal clear. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So there's no mistake that He is a Savior. He is the Messiah. Born to you, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. 
you will find a baby wrapped in cloths. Now, he could have stopped there and they'd be like, baby wrapped in cloths? Every baby is wrapped in cloths. No, a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So that already should have gotten their attention. Wait, lying in a manger? Wouldn't a baby be found in a nice, clean, sterile-free, germ-free crib? Or in some type of home near some warm fireplace or something that would keep the baby warm? Really, a baby born in a manger. Very specific. And the Lord communicated exactly what was happening, that we have a Savior who has been born to us. He is the Lord, the Messiah, the Chosen One. He is the Anointed One. So the, the, the Lord was crystal clear. And before anything happened, Mary and Joseph already had some plans. They were already planning their marriage. They were already engaged. So they already had plans. But here comes the angel of the Lord and says, your plans are now changing. And here, here it is. And he gives them the exact thing they needed to hear. Communication. God is that specific with us. But see, Mary and Joseph, they could have actually said to the angel of the Lord, you know, that's not going to fit our schedule. That's not going to work. It just doesn't fit our schedule. It doesn't, right? We don't want to have a child right now. Some of you said that and your child is sitting next to you and God says, oh, well, here's your miracle. And God knows exactly why he does certain things. Mary and Joseph could have bailed out and we can. We have choice. But when God does something, there's always a grand reason why he does something. And we may not fully understand it. Mary and Joseph at that specific time did not understand fully what was happening. But along the way, as they stayed close to God, they could slowly see the promise of God, the miracle of God, the plans of God slowly unravel. And because of that, they stayed close to God and they trusted in him. See, communication is so key to any relationship. That's going to be part of the the foundation of of how we are in relationships. It's communication. And it's not just for you as a person to communicate well. It's also for the hearers. That as they're listening, as we listen to one another, that that we would benefit from it. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may, what? Benefit those who listen. Here's a jingle that God gave to us. Well, not put to song, but we know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, we know that. God was crystal clear. He said, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is how much I love you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's crystal clear. God communicates with us. And because he communicates with us, we want to communicate with one another. We want to, we want to be just like God in being crystal clear in our marriages, in our families, to communicate well. And in this season, if we're not communicating well, boy, we're going to run into trouble. So we got to balance out our life. Here's, here's a second thing that'll bring some balance, and it's called schedule. Schedule. Now, the moment I say schedule, some of you, you're like, um, I don't know what they're called, but you're like way on this side. You're on the extreme schedulist. You're like master, you're like, you're like Yoda of schedules. You, you just, you, you're the Jedi of schedules that when people get up, they have their itinerary ready for them. 
for what the day looks like. You're just that extreme. If you're going to go camping, here's the itinerary, everyone. You're going on vacation, here's the itinerary. You put on shoes, here's how. You're just that good with what you do. You're very organized. You brush your teeth organized. Oh, miss a tooth, go back. You're so organized. And that's not a bad thing. And then you have these guys (laughs) on on this side that you're married to. So you have the extreme schedulist married to the, no worry. No worry. What is this? No need. We just go. So you have the two living in the same house. And so you always have that, that pool of one keeping a schedule, one schedule is no schedule, but even those who have no schedule have a schedule. It's this. When you need me, 4 o'clock, Friday. Okay, got it. I got it. I got it. Friday. Friday, 4 o'clock. Got it. Two days later. Oh, you can help me. When you need me, Friday. What time? 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah, yeah, can. 4 o'clock. Got him. Got him. 4 o'clock. Can. Can. By the time come Friday, you got like 10 people waiting for you at your doorstep. You're like, yeah, how come you guys here? Oh, you say he's going to help me. Oh. Oh, I gotta cancel you. I gotta cancel you. Uh, oh, I forgot about you. You know what? Two o'clock. I come your house, and so you you you're very good at rescheduling. You have Plan Z already in your back pocket, ready to go. So you have these two extremes. Not now. One is not better than the other, or it's not a bad or good thing. It's just the way you are. That's that's how you schedule things. With Mary and Joseph. It didn't matter if they did that schedule to the extreme or just like, man, whatever. When God spoke to them, whatever was on their schedule was secondary. It just became secondary. And because God gave them an important assignment, they had to stay close to God. And because of that, they grew not just in their relationship with God, but they grew in their relationship with others because they were raising up the Messiah, as parents. Their schedule was done in such a way that others, when they watched, they knew that there was something about this child. Mary and Joseph had to learn communication skills. They had to learn about their scheduling. They had to because God gave them such an important task. You and I will have important tasks, father, mother, the greatest gift God gives to us in children. And he gave us that assignment. And so we, we must communicate. We, we, we must have some type of schedule, especially God being included. Now, the other day, I don't know when it was, some time ago, Heidi and I were at home and talking about communication and, and, and what we were doing that day. We were cleaning up the house. And so I was, uh, we were cleaning up the house, so I was sitting on the dinner table. And as I'm sitting on the dinner table, I, I think Heidi was washing dishes or something. And I'm, I'm tired, so I put my head down. And I, sometimes I'll call Heidi mama. You know how you call you know, your spouse mama? Uh, if you're the wife, you say mama. And so I'm putting my head down. And I said, mama, I want a hug. And I'm thinking, that's so heartfelt. And Heidi's washing dishes. She goes, well, then go make something to eat, dear. I was like, well, what? She goes, yeah, if you're hungry, go get something to eat. I said, no, no, no. I said, I want a hug. And she goes, oh, I thought you said you're hungry. 
I said, how'd you get that? And probably because I'm like this and mumbling and whatever. And I thought, you can tell when you don't communicate well. And, and so I thought, maybe, maybe she thought I said I was hungry because I always am hungry. And according to my schedule, it was about that time to eat. So when you are a scheduled person, people know you very well. Even though you may miscommunicate, they know you well. God knows us so very well that even though sometimes we don't listen to him, maybe we stray here and there, even though that happens, he knows us very well. He knows us so well that he will always bring to us a way to balance out our life, whether it be schedule, whether it be with our our. Our, our, our lifestyle, whether it would be with our relationships. He knows us very well. And so he gives us a way to balance it out. And the way I look at it is I call it the four gauges. And I want to I uh, illustrate this for you. And so I'll try my very best. Let me move this on the side. I have to go to this. So I want you to imagine life is with these four gauges. So first gauge, and this one is pretty simple. Let me just do this. Uh, This is like your gas gauge. But this gauge, let's just say this is empty, right? And this is full. So we we have four gauges in our life. I'll just make four gauges. And let's just say these gauges represent the four components of our life. And these four components will help us to understand that there is more that God wants to see in our life because of all the different integral parts of living life. So let's just say this first gauge, uh, we'll, we'll call it our we'll call it our emotional gauge so this is our emotional gauge so your emotional gauge your emotional gauge is how you're feeling some of us we just push our feelings on the side there's no time to check our emotional gauge and so we're kind of like running on eh, maybe quarter tank a little over quarter tank so we're not doing so well emotionally this one is like our spiritual gauge and our spiritual gauge is our relationship with God. So maybe for some of us, it's up here. Maybe we're doing very well with our spiritual gauge. And then we also have our mental gauge. Now this gauge, our mental gauge, is the way we think, our mind. Some of us stress out so much. Don't look at the person next to you. I should have said that first, too late. This, this, this gauge right here, this, the way we think, sometimes it's just right here. It's, or sometimes it's, it's, even, it's even here. We're almost empty. There's, there's, there's no more left in us because there's so much on our minds. And we're so stressed out, maybe from work. Maybe something happened in your life. Maybe it's a health thing and, and there's a lot of stress happening right now. So it's not necessarily good or bad when you see these gauges. This is just where we are. It kind of gives us a measurement. And then we also have our, and this is the tough one, 
physical, physical. Okay? So, yeah, 80s kids. So, the physical gauge, this one is difficult, especially when you hit your 30s. Because metabolism just disappears. Like, you got to work extra. Like, you look at a cookie, it's like you gain weight. It's like, come on. So, the physical side, maybe we're here, maybe we're midway, somewhere around there. So, you have your emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical gauge. These four gauges helps us to keep that balanced life. So, emotionally, let's just say you're an emotional person. And you have just a, a hard time right now in this season because there's, there are a lot of emotions happening. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe someone is not doing well. Maybe you're worried about the family, worried about someone, something. And so emotions are, are running wild. Maybe you're a teenager and, and uh, you, can't, you can't really help it because you're, you're, the chemicals in your body is changing. Your hormones, everything is just going crazy. And maybe you're a, a, a young adult and so emotionally, maybe a relationship or wherever you are in life, Emotions right now are, are telling you who you are and why you're the way you are. And so emotionally, you're stuck here. And maybe, maybe even as parents, you may look at your children and say, what's wrong with them? Because you see a lot of emotion. Well, they're growing up, so their body is changing. All the hormones are coming out, and it's saying, it's saying to the body, you're becoming an adult, so we need to bring in all of these different hormones so that you can grow up. The problem is, with, as we grow up, we have a, what we call a prefrontal cortex that's not fully developed in our brain until maybe 23, 24. Uh, some of us never developed that, but that's a different story. So, so we operate on emotion. So when we're young, in our teenage years, we don't have that prefrontal cortex, which is the decision-making process that takes place. So we make decisions based on emotion. Have you ever gotten up your child and first thing in the morning is ah. it's like hey, let me sleep you're going to be late for school ah. and that's how they brush their teeth it's like everything's emotional or you're here oh mom all day mom dad why don't you move my shoes it's so wet now see the emotion that comes out that sounds like adults too, but even in that stage, there's, there's emotions. Why? Because we're led by our emotions at that point. And anything can trigger it. Anything can trigger it. A seven-year-old can be emotional because they, they're led by emotions. They're, they're, their whole life can fall apart, and you're trying to figure out, what's wrong? I don't want to tell you. You're not going to understand. You just don't understand. Like, just tell me what's wrong. <sighs> Yesterday, someone called me a stupid head. And in your mind, yeah, in your mind, you're thinking, what? That's it. But to them, that's, that's big-time stuff. So they're, I, know, I know it sounds funny. I'm not teasing because that's not a good thing, but it hits them emotionally. See, we may laugh at it as adults, but we deal with the same thing as adults. People may say something negative, but we, we know how to hide it well now. Children, they just, they just go off. They're innocent. We put on a facade. Hey, they like, tell me that. I can get them back some way, somehow, sometime. Like, we, we, we have that in us. <laughs> oh, slow down, Sheldon. Slow down. Easy, brother. Easy. So that's your emotional side. Spiritual side. The spiritual side, that's everything to do with God. Everything. 
That's why when we gather like this, oh, it builds up our spirit. When we worship him, it builds up our spirit. When you read the Bible, we get into the word of God. Oh, it builds up our spirit. I remember in the beginning when I was starting to learn about this relationship with God, I didn't know about this spiritual gauge. And so when I would go home, I would just listen to whatever I wanted to on the radio and watch whatever I wanted to on TV. But then I, I saw that my spiritual gauge was being affected. So I, I started to change certain things so that my spiritual gauge can go from empty or even halfway to full. So I had to change the music I listened to, change what I watched, get more into the Word of God. And it doesn't mean you have to be in the Word of God 24-7. What it meant was I got I to gotta check this out every now and then. And then it came to my, my mental gauge and how I think because we think so much constantly. And sometimes there's so much stress on us that our bodies feel it and we tense up. And then you, you make one turn and there goes your back because you're so tense. You sneeze, there goes your neck. It's like, oh man, you're out for three weeks. Why? Because of this mental gauge and stress. Our body keeps record of what we may not know it is. It just keeps record. Stressful. Now the physical side, and well, let me just stick on this one. The, the, mental, the mental gauge is decluttering from our minds. Some of us worry a lot. And so this part of it, oh boy, we worry about everything. And worry actually destroys you from the inside out because we worry so much. And God says, you can't can't change certain things, so cast your cares on me. And you get that release. The physical gauge, in your early years, teenage years, young adult years, you have this thing called metabolism. The 30s, 40s, and beyond, that metabolism slows down. Now we have to purposefully take care of our bodies physically. Now I want to I really stress this on the physical side. And we, we're all learning in this. I'm 44. I still need to learn this. That at our, at our age, wherever you are in age, you have to purposefully set up like a plan, some type of discipline in your life to take care of your body physically. Why do we do this? Because the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, what about the extremists that only focus on the physical side? Well, the Bible also says, to bring the balance, says don't focus so much on the exterior. We're so focused on the looks of it because it's what is on the inside that counts. So we focus a lot on how we look, but we forget that it's, it's really the heart that God is looking for. So the Bible also tells us even in eating, the Bible says, be careful what you eat, but eat in moderation. In other words, some of you were thinking physical side, oh, great, I cannot eat chocolate. No, you you can have in moderation. And the reason why it's in moderation is because the Bible knows that we need that balance. Otherwise, we can go on one extreme or the other. Now, I myself, and I've shared this before, I love desserts. I love desserts. Desserts? my friend but it can also be my kryptonite so i run to eat yeah that's it i run to eat so there's nothing spiritually profound about that but that's just me so i really have to think through and the reason why i had to do that early on in life is because i knew when i hit my 30s my 40s and my 50s if i didn't discipline myself here it would be very hard to change here because listen very carefully 
If I don't develop this discipline for my physical health, my body will shut down and make me. My body will just shut down. My body will be like, oh, all these years, okay, sorry, shut down. And then your doctor will ask you some important questions. Hey, have you been eating these foods? Maybe. Have you been taking your medication? Sometimes. When was the last time you took your medication? Wait, which one you gave me? It's like, there's, 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 there's a responsibility on our part. And, and, and the reason why I stress this is because your family loves you that much. Your children love you that much. Our grandchildren love us that much. And some of us right now, we're in a season where we see some of our loved ones dealing with health problems, and it's hard for us to watch. And it's hurtful because we want to see them do well. But we still love them. We still support. We still do our very best to walk by them, walk by their side every day. So these four gauges, hopefully this can help. And there are things that can be done to help on all these different levels, especially emotionally. Do things that fill you up. Do things you enjoy so that it fills you up. Declutter your life. Take out things from your life that is unnecessary so that you can balance this stuff out. And it takes time. It takes discipline. But it is the best thing. Okay, I want to give this. So our jingle, right, if you're following the, uh, the Folgers, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Well, I had like country and some type of R&B. So, so let's try this. Uh, this one will be for us in balancing out our life. So here it is. I have to read this uh, to make sure I'm correct. So the best thing that I can do is live a balanced life. The best thing that I can do is live a balanced life. So we're going to try to sing this. The best thing that I can do. Just joking. I can't even sing. So the, the best thing that I can do is balance out my life. Ready? Go. The best thing that I can do is balance out my life. Yay. Good job. Let's try that one more time. Let's sing it in C flat. Here we go. The best thing that I can do is balance out my life. Woo-hoo. Give yourselves a hand and don't forget that. The best thing that we can do is balance out our life. Here's what happens with Mary and Joseph. While they were there in Luke chapter 2, verse 6, the time came for the baby to be born. The time came for the baby to be born. Do you know that there are going to be times where something is going to happen and it just, it happens. These four gauges are going to help you. And what helps us in this, in fact, in, in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, tells us this, that one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And let's read this last part together. Ready? Go. There is no commandment greater than these. Yeah, no commandment greater. So if you think about it, God says, okay, this. Jesus tells us, Here's the, here's the most important thing to think about. 
that the Lord our God is one, that you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So that's our emotional gauge. And then love the Lord your God with all of your soul, your spirit, and with all of your mind, your mental gauge, and then with all of your strength, physically. And Jesus said there is nothing greater than these. This will balance out our lives. Now, it will constantly change because of the different seasons we go through, but keep watch on this. And you gotta, you got to schedule this stuff in. For some of us, it may not be scheduled as in, as in a time frame, but did you know that finances are scheduled too? For this season right now, many of us, we're going into debt because of gifts. Heidi and I, years ago, we, we learned this thing called a Christmas savings account. And this was so helpful, so I want to give this to you. If, if you're able to, and Heidi and I thought we weren't able to, we put aside $2 here, $5 there, $10, 15 Whenever we had extra money, we put it in a Christmas savings fund, and we scheduled that so that by the time Christmas came, we had some type of savings. And it didn't ruin us financially. And we stuck to that budget. If it was $200, that's all we're going to spend during Christmas. So one year, everybody got rocks. We just, no, we didn't. We just did our very best. We made gifts. And in that season, we just did our very best financially because we knew we wanted to get out of debt. And you got to plan that stuff. Now, why do we plan? Well, we plan because God plans. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a, yeah, a hopeful future. He wants to give us hope and a future. In other words, God is saying, when I plan things in your life, it's for your good. So when this baby comes into Mary and Joseph's life, they may think, boy, this, this is going to be very difficult. Yes, but it's for your good. And when that baby came, their schedule kind of went out the door. Now they were on God's schedule, and his schedule is the best. And we see that with number three, the last thing. It's called worship. And we see that with Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, a man by the name of Simeon. And, and we're going to take a look at that. You know, after Mary, the mother of Jesus, was given the news about what was about to happen, they could have bailed out. But she worshiped. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary said, right after the angel of the Lord, right after Gabriel, the angel said, this is going to happen. This is Mary's response. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Even the shepherds that were out there, when Jesus was born, and the angel appeared to the shepherds, and they said, this is about to happen. And they told them about the birth of Jesus, that there is a Savior who has been born to you. The Lord is the Messiah. They worshiped. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, worship aligns our hearts, souls, mind, and strength with God so that he can help us in these areas. 
That's going to bring that balance. That's what Jesus brings to this earth. That's the Christmas scale. We can see an accurate reading of how we're doing through this relationship with Christ. That's why he came. And because of this relationship, we can now worship God. And worship is not just gathering together like this and singing songs. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to God that, that is holy and pleasing to God. That we live for him. And that's what they understood. When Jesus was born, when he was to be presented at the temple and they were going to bring an offering, they were going to bring either doves or pigeons, depending on their, their finances and, and their, their uh, economic status. When they brought this offering, there was a man at the temple by the name of Simeon. And because of this sacrifice, they, were, they, they needed to bring the sacrifice because Jesus was their firstborn male. And that was in, their, in the law that they needed to do this. But when they came to the temple in Luke chapter 2, verse 28, Simeon took him in his arms, took Jesus in his arms, and praised God. And he said this, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, Simeon is now saying, everything you promised my life has now come to pass. This is, this is where it has come to. You said, I will not see the Savior until, I will not pass on until I see the Savior. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That's what worship does. Worship pierces our soul. Simeon, being a, a righteous and devout man, he understood the times and what was happening, and he worshipped God. Mary and Joseph worshipped God. The shepherds worshipped God. Why? Because when God does something that amazing in our lives, we can't help but to worship him. We can choose not to. But he says that's the best way to balance out your life is to balance it with me. That balance in these areas will bring joy to the world. So keep saying in your mind over and over that the best Heart. I forget now. <laughs> Let me try. The best, the best thing. You got it. You got it. The best thing that I can do is balance out my life. Yes, good job, you guys. Well done. You can close your Bibles, put away your notes. Oh boy, I gotta study even more just on that one phrase. But I pray that in this season that, that God has us to think about these things, that we will see not just God move in our lives, but more people come to know him as Lord and Savior. In fact, in your bulletin, you have these invitation cards. We're going to pray over these that God would put someone on your heart. And it's not to get people in the church. It's really to get people closer to God. And if they go to another church, that's fine, so long as they find God. You know what I mean? We, we, need, we need Jesus. We need God. And it's not a religious thing. It's a relationship that God gives to us. And so I, I want you to take this. And if you have it out, just hang on to them. We'll pray over this too. 
You can bow your heads, and I'm going to ask uh, Jamie to come to the, the guitar, and, and we're going to close in prayer. But let's just, let's just take this moment and pray, especially if you have this invitation. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for just showing us how we can live a balanced life. And although difficult because of the seasons we go through, when we really think about it, we're, we're, we're all going to have some type of communication breakdown somewhere, but we can work on that. And maybe for some of us, our schedules, boy, we, maybe we need to declutter or rearrange or do things different so that our schedules, Lord, doesn't just wipe us out. And then worship. Lord, help us to always come back to you. That's our, that's our, our worship to you. It's, it's living for you. And so help us to balance out these four gauges, our spiritual, emotional, mental, and our physical gauge. These areas, Lord, are, are difficult at times, but we can do this with you. You can strengthen us. We pray over these invitations, Lord, that you give us someone, a name, a person that we can invite. Someone that doesn't attend church, Lord. Or maybe they haven't come to church for a long time. Maybe be bold enough and loving enough to just invite. And I know sometimes, Lord, we don't want to pressure people. And so give us wisdom in how to do that. I pray for us this morning, Lord, as we continue on in this season, that we will remember why we're here. And I pray for those that don't know you. In fact, you might be here today and you're saying, I don't know God yet. I've never accepted him in my life. I don't know how to do that. Well, with every head, and, every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to... I wanna, I want to pray with you. And, and this prayer, as I say it, you can repeat after me. Just include your heart. But in this prayer, you're receiving the Lord, salvation. And as I say this prayer, as you repeat after me and you add your heart, just know that God is with you. In fact, we can all say this prayer together. Even if you've prayed this a thousand times, it's such a reminder for us on how good God is. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father,
Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and make me brand new. I believe you died for me and rose from the grave to give me eternal life. And so I thank you for being my Savior. Help me to balance out my life the way you see it. In Jesus' name I pray. With every, bow, every, every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the first time, would you just lift a hand real briefly? I just want to pray over you. And, and in doing so, you're saying, you know, I just said yes to Jesus. Okay, God sees your hand right there. God bless you right here. Yeah, God sees you right here. God bless you. Yeah, God sees you. I'm looking around. God sees you. God bless you right here. God bless you right here. God bless you too. Yeah, right here. God bless you back there. God bless you right there. God sees you. He hears your prayer. Yeah, it's eternal life. It's a free gift. God sees you. Yeah. God sees you. He hears your prayer. God sees you. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray over these that said yes to you. This is, this is an eternal decision. And I pray, Lord, that as they begin their walk with you, that they will never forget that it's a lifestyle with you. It's a relationship. That you would strengthen them, protect them, and guide them all along the way. Lord, I pray for all of us as family. I pray for our loved ones. Pray for those that are maybe struggling in this season for whatever reason. It could be finances, maybe a loved one, maybe health. It could be anything, Lord. I pray for your peace, your comfort, your strength, and that we in this beautiful place that we call Hawaii or wherever we're from, that we would always shine your light and remember how much you love us. This is why you came. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And we all said together, Amen.